Hey, everybody, thank you for joining us today. We pray that this message reaches you wherever you are at today in whatever situation you are facing. We pray that the Lord ministers to your life. Hang on till the end, and I want to say a couple more things to you before we're done. Won't you stand with me this morning? Let's get right into God's Word. If you got your Bibles, turn to Mark chapter 9. And I do want to talk to you this morning. We're starting a new series about freedom. But I want to talk to you about how fasting and prayer bring about freedom in our life. Mark chapter 9, beginning with verse 14. Are you ready to hear the word of the Lord today? Amen. Amen. And when he came to the disciples, he saw a great multitude around them and scribes disputing with them. Immediately when they saw him, all the people were greatly amazed and running to him, greeted him. And he asked the scribes, what are you discussing with them? Then one of the crowd answered and said, Teacher, I brought you my son who has a mute spirit. And wherever it seizes him, it throws him down. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, and becomes rigid. So I spoke to your disciples that they should cast it out, but they could not. He answered him and said, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him to me. Then they brought him to him, and when he saw him, immediately the spirit convulsed him, and he fell on the ground and wallowed, foaming at the mouth. So he asked his father, how long has this been happening to him? And he said, from childhood. And often he has thrown him both into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus said to him, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. And immediately... The father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. When Jesus saw the people came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, Deaf and dumb spirit, I command you, come out of him and enter him no more. Then the spirit cried out, convulsed him greatly and came out of him, and he became as one dead, so that many said he is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up, and he arose. And when he had come into the house, his disciples asked him privately, Why could we not cast it out? And he said to them, listen to this, This kind can come out by nothing but prayer and fasting. Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you for your word that is alive, that changes us. And Father, we thank you that we can gather in 2024 as a community of believers to celebrate all that you're doing in people's lives but also all you have in store for us this year. We thank you for it right now. In Jesus' name we pray, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, we ask all these things, and all God's people together said, amen. Amen. Turn around, high-five somebody, welcome to church, tell them you're glad to get to see them, and you may be seated. This is the, obviously the first Sunday of 2024, and maybe you have come today because you want to start the year off in the house of the Lord. I'm so glad you did, but I want to say this to you. Most of the time, probably most preachers are trying to say, hey, listen, we're going to have a lot of folks show up that Sunday. What can we do to get everybody excited about the year? And I want to be honest with you. The topic I'm preaching about today is probably the least effective of church growth of any topic I could ever talk about. It ranks up there with giving, okay? Prayer and fasting. But today I want to talk to you about why this is important. Prayer and fasting is nothing new. Uh, The who's who of the Bible 
is full of people that fasted. People like Moses, David, Elijah, Esther, Daniel, uh, Anna, the prophetess. Whenever Before she sees Jesus, she's known as somebody who was fasting. Jesus himself fasted. And then you have people like Paul that fasted. You've got men in our history books, guys like Martin Luther, John Knox, John Calvin, John Wesley. A lot of Johns like to fast, evidently. Jonathan Edwards. David Bernard, Charles Finley, um, these men believe, and women believed in the power of fasting. And I want to talk to you this morning kind of about what it is, and just stick with me, um, and then why we do these things. But one of the things about fasting, I'm going to get to three points in just a moment, but one of the things about fasting is I believe it humbles us to recognize that we need Jesus to intervene in our life. Anybody here recognize you're powerless over yourself? Your willpower is not good enough. Mine isn't. My willpower to say no to those cookies on that stove all Christmas was not good. I don't know about you, I was glad to come back to work so I didn't graze all day long. When I'm home, I'm grazing, you know, a little bit at a time. And then before the end of the day, who ate all the cookies? Oh, wait a minute, you did, the whole thing, all day long. My willpower is not enough. And fasting is recognizing I am powerless and so I need to rely on God. I'm going to say no to these things. And, and I believe it does put us in a place of humility. There's a story that I heard this week of a contractor who was doing work for a man. And the man got mad at him. And the way he did it, he didn't like it. He literally called the man up, called the contractor. And he began to cuss and scream. And he fired him. And he said, if I had my way, I'd probably take you to court and make you do everything again. I don't even want to pay you the money that I owe you, but I got to. And click, he hung up the phone. This man needed the money. He had worked hard. He needed a job. And he, and he said, Lord, I don't want anything to end like that. What do I do? He was a, a pretty new believer. And so he goes to his pastor and he says, Pastor, what do I do about this? And the pastor said, have you thought about praying and fasting and asking God what to do? So he said, first thought was no, because when you say fast, that means no food and no thank you. I don't want that. But he said, I'll try it. So he began to fast and he began to pray. And say, God, what do you want me to do about this situation? And the Lord spoke to him and said, call the man and meet with him. And he said, that's the last thing. The last time I talked with the guy, he was screaming at me, cussing. I don't want to do that. But he said, the Holy Spirit said, call him and meet with him. So he called the man up and he said, can I meet with you? And the man begrudgingly, I mean, hesitantly said, I guess I'll meet with you. And the, and the contractor walked in. The man was still mad. He's still screaming. He's still cussing. He's still upset. And, and, the, and the guy looked at him, the contractor, and he just said, sir, I just want to clear the air and let you know I want to apologize for any miscommunication that, that took place. Anything that I did that you didn't want done, and I just want to say to you that I'm very sorry. And that I want the work, but if you want to give it to somebody else, it's not about that. I just came to tell you I'm sorry for this miscommunication. And he said there was dead silence in the room. And the guy looked at him, and he began to apologize. And he said, I'm sorry I got so mad. He said, I responded the wrong way. And he said, not only do I want you to finish this, but by the time they got done, the guy said, I have a $3 million contract that I need finished. Would you be the one to do it? And that guy signed and got paid for a $3 million contract. And he said, if I had not humbled myself and asked God what to do, and gone and did what the Holy Spirit asked me to do. Not only would that relationship have been lost, but he said, I would have never got what God had in store for me. But I had to learn to humble myself and listen to God above my own feelings and above what I wanted. I had to listen to him. Fasting is about humbling yourself and recognizing you cannot do it on your own. 
You cannot make it. There are things in life that you'll never get the answers to until you learn to fast. And so this morning, I want to talk to you. Let me say this about fasting very quickly. That fasting is not just about doing without food. You can do that physically. Nothing wrong with that. People do it all the time. Intermittent fasting. And that's great. Okay? I hear it's really good for you. Okay? That was a joke. Sorry. Um, I'm just joking. But, sorry, there has to be some jokes in this, so you can laugh, okay? I have a weird sense of humor. You can laugh at my jokes. Um, but intermittent, you can fast and not have food and not be spiritual. Nothing you know, it's good for your body. That's fine. But I, what I'm talking about today is not just doing without food. I am talking about fasting for spiritual purposes, and I'm talking about combining it. I like to call it the dynamic duo of prayer and fasting. And when you combine fasting and prayer together, there is something supernatural that takes place. I need God to move. I've tried it in the natural and it's not working. I need the supernatural to begin to work in my life. And so I am saying no to this and I'm allowing the supernatural to begin to operate in my life by fasting. Amen? Okay, so three things. Three things. Number one, I believe that prayer, and or excuse me, that fasting is saying no to the flesh and yes to the spirit. No to the flesh and yes to the spirit. You have a hormone inside of you. It is called the, the grilling hormone. I didn't say grilling. I said grilling. And it's the grilling hormone. And that hormone is what tells you you're hungry. So some of you, don't look at your spouse right now. If you don't pay attention to the grilling hormone, you become the gremlin hormone. It's called hangry, right? But there is literally a hormone inside of you called grilling. And that thing begins to raise its head. And, and if you're doing this fast, about this time tomorrow, when you've had nothing but liquids in your body, the grilling hormone is going to come from your stomach, your small intestine area, and it's going to begin to say, feed me, feed me, feed me, I'm hungry. Because it, 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 is, it is programmed to tell you, if you don't eat, you're going to starve. I'm going to say this as nice as I can to you. I love you. Look in the mirror. I'm looking at myself. I ain't going to starve. I might not like it, but I'm not going to starve. And so what happens is that grilling hormone is telling you you've got to eat. But listen to me. There is another grilling hormone. It is the opposite. It is the spiritual grilling hormone. And what begins to rise up is this. I am going to say no to my flesh because I want spiritual hunger to be what comes up in my life. I know I'm physically hungry, but I want to tell that thing no. And I want to say yes to the spirit because I want the spiritual hormone inside of me to come up and tell me this. Man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God and when I say no to the flesh and yes to the spirit what I'm saying is God I need you to get me by you are my source you are my sustenance taste and see that the Lord is good he's the one that's going to get me by he's the one that's going to give me the nourishment that I need because I'm learning to fast and pray and say no to the flesh and yes to the spirit Amen. That's so good. I just spit everywhere. Amen. That's good. Amen. I stand up here instead of walk down there because I don't want that to be the splash zone down there. Amen. But I want you to see the next few days when you're fasting, you should be actually feasting on the Lord. Listen, don't do this because some people when they fast, myself included, I'll be honest. Here, Listen, this is going to be a very vulnerable month. I'm going to tell you, God's freeing me of even some things and thinking. And here's, if I'm being honest with you, there, there are times I fast and I'm just like, 
Lord, please let me get through the day. I mean, these 24-hour days become 24 weeks. I'm being honest. It's, fr- it's hard. It's like the longest days of the year are the three days we fast and pray. That's the truth. But the truth is this. If I will turn my attention, so here's what, I, I want to give you some practical advice. If you have a 30-minute lunch break and you're not eating, spend that 30 minutes reading the Word of God, spending time with God, praying. If you got an hour, go turn that time of food into feasting on the Lord. Say no to the flesh and yes to the Spirit. Amen? Number two, prayer and fasting is about moving, it's not about moving God, but it's about shaping us. I know people that feel like, hey, I'm going to fast, so I'll make God do this, okay? There's an old movie called The Gods Must Be Crazy, and if we'll feed something to the gods, we'll, we'll, we'll satisfy the gods. If I'll just feed the gods something, they'll calm down. And sometimes we feel like, if I'll just fast, God will be pleased with me. Listen, it's not about moving God, it's about shaping you and moving you. Because I don't, God doesn't move. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's the God that changeth not, the Bible says. So you know what? I need to align myself with him, not him align with me. You understand that? I'm going to say it again because it's very important. You don't need God to move. You need to move in line with God's will. And fasting is about shaping ourselves so that we're in line with God's will. It's also about building our faith for what he has for us. If you notice this story, let's go back to this story. In this story today, here is a young man, and, and I don't have time to preach all this, but Jesus is on the Mount of Transfiguration. The glory of God's up there, and Peter wants to live up there. And Jesus says, no, let's go. They walk down the mountain, and immediately they face something. Here's the truth. I love being here and worshiping with you every Sunday. I love it. Man, this is glorious. The glory of God's here. But you know what? And we carry God's glory with us. Don't misunderstand me. But here's what I want you to see. We have to go out into the real world in just a few minutes. Tomorrow, you're going to wake up and go back to that job that you have. And here are the disciples. They've been in the glory of God. But they come down, and immediately, there's something they have to deal with. They're immediately struck with the real world. What's going on? And Jesus asked the scribes, what are you all fighting about? What are you fussing about over here? And the scribe says, they, this, man, or this, excuse me, this man steps up and says, I brought my child to them, to your disciples, and they couldn't heal him. And Jesus says, oh, faithless generation, how long do I have to be with you? It almost sounds like he's frustrated. But then he says to them, ask the man, how long has he been doing this? It's childhood. And when the boy comes there, he begins to convulse and he begins to fall down. Let me just say this to you very quickly. I, I'll teach you on this maybe another time with theology. But not every sickness is in the sense a person demon-possessed. But in this case, this was something extra. This young boy was, was demonized. He is possessed by a demon. And so he, can, he would fall on the ground. He would um, wither around, all these things. He would wallow on the ground, the Bible says. And the demon would try to throw him into the fire. And so Jesus looks at him, and all of a sudden the demon leaves. And then the, 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 they think he's dead. Jesus grabs his hand, and he stands up. And then they get a, away in a private area, and the disciples ask Jesus, why couldn't we do that? And Jesus said, some things only come out by prayer and fasting. I'm going to get that in my third point, but I want to say this. I believe what Jesus was trying to get them to understand, not only will some things not come out with prayer and fasting, but I believe your faith won't be where it needs to be until you learn to fast and pray. I believe that fasting and prayer shapes your faith. You know why? Because when I say no to food, I am literally having the faith that God is going to sustain me in the moment. That I'm, I'm not eating, 
And what if, what if I get sick? What if I get dizzy? What if I get tired? More than likely, at least two of those, the last two, you're probably going to get tired. You may have a headache because you don't drink, you know, eat certain things. But you know what? You're going to make it through because you're going to recognize, God, I'm going to have faith. And here's what's going to happen. The moment that you begin to fast, there are places here in town that I don't, I'll be honest with you, fast food places, some of them I don't want to eat at. But whenever I begin to fast, I drive down the road. That burger that I never want to eat looks like the greatest thing since sliced bread. And I could go tear it up in a moment. All this stuff is going to begin to look good to you. All this stuff. But you know what God is trying to get you to do? To have faith in him. To recognize that you, your faith needs to grow. And I believe we did this in the, in last year's sermon series. And if, if this is your first Sunday, hear the letter K for what I'm fixing to say. But we talked about upping our ask. Okay? And here's the thing, if we are going to believe God for the impossible, which we've seen God do some impossible things over the last few months in people's lives, if we're going to believe God for the impossible, your faith begins to need to grow. I don't know what God has in store for 2024 but I can for Landmark Church, but I can promise you this, we need God to lead us and guide us. We need God to open some doors. We need God to direct us for some things. And the only way we're going to get there is if our faith begins to grow. The way we're going to get there is if we up our faith and our faith begins to be, be strong to believe God for the impossible and I believe that there are some things like that that if I want to be shaped by God I've got to let my faith grow so I can be shaped like him amen and then number three the worship team can join me number three there are some areas you will not experience freedom without prayer and fasting there are some areas of your life I believe you will not get freedom without this. Listen, I read a testimony this week. I've been studying a lot about fasting the last few weeks, and I read a testimony about a young man who was raised in a foster system, and some horrible things were done to him. And because these things were done to him, he began to have all kinds of trauma in his life, and he began to be cold and bitter toward people. He began to respond the wrong way about things, and, and that, that all that trauma led him down a path to where he began to follow things and he had, he had an addiction to drug and alcohol. He was very promiscuous. He lived a life of debauchery, just doing whatever he wanted to do whenever he wanted to do it. He eventually, it led him to join a cult. And the cult brainwashed him. And, and, and while being brainwashed by the, the cult, he literally opened his life up to demonic activity in his life. And he began to see demonic activity take place. He has all this stuff from his past, all these things happening. He had a friend that was a Christian, and his friend would privately pray for him. He talked to him about the Lord when he wanted to, but he would privately pray, Lord, open his eyes. And this young man received Jesus. He was the new believer. He received Jesus. He got saved. But here's the thing. He recognized, and this is what the testimony said. He said, I'm a new believer, but I recognize I've got all this stuff from my past. Even though I've been saved, I've got all these things from my past that still want to hang on to me. And so he, he went to his pastor and said, what do I do? And he heard about fasting and prayer. And he said, the moment I began to fast, he said, I began to feel bondages break off of me. He said, the moment I began to fast, I began to feel chains from my past 
break off my life, shame and guilt and things I had done. And he said, and I felt the Holy Spirit, the presence of the Holy Spirit stronger than I had in my entire life because I began to fast and pray. And listen to me, this is going to be the year of breakthroughs for some of you. I believe over the next few weeks we're going to talk about these kind of things because I believe God has some breakthroughs that the enemy has been trying to hold on to some things. He's trying to get some claws in some of you to hold you back. And I believe that January you're going to see some freedom take place in your life and you're going to see some amazing things. But listen to me. I believe to kickstart this thing, you need to dedicate yourself to fasting and prayer. And I believe that as you do some things, Jesus said, Jesus said it, it's in red, there are some things that only happen through prayer and fasting. There are some things that only happen when I begin to give myself to the Lord and I begin to fast and I begin to say yes to Him. Listen to me. It may be whatever this means for you. If you're physically not able, I get it. If you say, you know what? I'm going to do what I can. For some of you, it may be I'm going to fast from sun up to sundown and thank the Lord we're not doing this in June when the sun goes down at 9 o'clock at night, okay? I'm going to fast from sun up to sundown. Or maybe you say, I'm going to do nothing but liquids or whatever that looks like. That's between you and the Lord. What I'm telling you is this. Take a step of faith and say no to the things of the flesh and yes to the things of the Spirit. And I believe as we do that, this is going to be a year of consecration. In the Old Testament, they would consecrate times for a fast. This is not just privately fasting. Nothing wrong with that. Um, and that, that, that's the kind of thing Jesus talks about in Matthew 6 where he says, don't let it be known to everybody. This is a corporate fast. And there was times in the Old Testament, blow the trumpet in Zion, call a fast. Consecrate yourself to the Lord. And right now we are consecrating ourselves to God. And I believe as we do that, what we're saying is 2024 is not mine, it's yours. 2024 is not my will, but your will. 2024, I want what you want above everything else, and I'm willing to set aside some things I love and enjoy so that I can say yes to what you have for me. And I believe you're going to fill me up with good things. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. And if you will start this year off not hungering and thirst for natural food, but hungering and thirsting for righteousness, God's going to fill you. Will you stand this morning? Hey everybody, thank you so much. We are so honored that you chose to join us today for this message. And our prayer is for you and your family that you would be uplifted and encouraged. If today you receive Christ or if you would like to give to the vision of Landmark Church, if you would go to our website, www.landmarkchurchok.com, there's more information there, how you can do all of that. And also if you have a prayer request, please let us know how we can be praying for you guys. We love you and hope you have a blessed time.